It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Anne Murray. to watch the muppets unfortunately this week we did (laughs) you know what at least we usually have fun okay first of all i forgot i watched this episode a couple days ago and i forgot how it opens i'm excited again. no no no, the opening is okay so we watched the ann murray episode airing in the uk on february 1st 1980 and in the u.s on march 6th 1980 and We're in the really, 80s. We are fully in the 80s now. This episode aired in both... 80s, both, 80s. On both continents in the 80s. Um, Megan, okay, so we talked a little bit last week about how you were unfamiliar with who Anne Murray is. Yeah, who is she? Should we break into that first? Yeah. Okay. Anne Murray is a popular Canadian singer hailing from Spring Hill, Nova Scotia. Okay. Uh, she performs her hit song Snowbird on the Muppet Show episode 415. Mm-hmm. Other hits include Danny's song Could I Have This Dance and the international number one smash hit You Needed Me. During the 70s, she recorded a children's album called There's a Hippo in My Tub, which was released in the U.S. Uh, in 1979 under the title Anne Murray Sings for the Sesame Street Generation. That's kind of cool. I feel like I know the name Anne Murray from AbFab for okay. some reason. You could, potentially. I think Anne Murray's been around forever. And where I know her most specifically from is an as-seen-on-TV CD from 2000, 2001. Oh, era. really? Yes. She had a album. She's kind of like just one of those like crooners where all of her <laughs> albums, as far as I know, are like her doing standards. Like okay. singing just songs that have always existed yeah. kind of thing. Like the same track listing that a Tony Bennett album would have and Anne Murray album yeah. has. Like Why don't they just, get guests like Joni Mitchell on I this, don't podcast. Know. this I'm podcast? The Muppets the are so punk. I don't know why they always have these like sleepy kind of people and, on. Like, you know what I mean? Think about how easy it probably was to travel from the UK. Like, And if you're going to have a Canadian star anyway. Yeah. You have and when Joni I say, Mitchell. You know what I mean when I say punk. I mean, just like... Yeah, they're, they're like all alternative. Cool, yeah. Like, everything about their vibe is not Anne I'm Murray like, to me. At first, like, when I, was, when I was watching last week's episode, I did have a th- thought to myself about, like, okay, well, maybe, like, Jim is sleeping with this woman, and that's why they <laughs> chose her. But, like, now I'm like, maybe... Like what? Could it be two in a row? Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know why they have this person on. I don't know. She just doesn't do it. It's for not me. a she's, good fit. It's not a good fit. She's not like, oh my goodness, Megan. I'm sure she's a lovely person. I am so shocked to see that she's so young. She's only seventy-seven. Oh wow. I would have guessed that she was a little bit up there in age back when this episode aired. This episode's like 40 years old. Well, what if she was 30, so right? I guess she was like in her 30s. Yeah. I would have guessed that she was in No, like, she seemed a little to, bit older than that. Then. I think she seemed like she was yeah. in her 30s. Thir- like, well, I don't know. I guess so, yeah. So she's listed as a country soft In her 30s for then, singer. not 30s for now. Yeah, and at 70s, 30s is much more lived person and, you know, whatever. There's probably a lot of, yeah. So it says here, Canadian... 
and some people just have that grown up face. <laughs> She's often cited as one of the female Canadian artists who paved the way for other international Canadian success stories, such as Katie Lang, Celine Dion, and Shania Twain. She's the first woman and the first Canadian to win Album of the Year in 1984. That's awesome. From the Country Music Association. Uh, That's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool for her album, A Little Good News. She's just one of those, like I said, like she... A but lot she's of, not Joni Mitchell, no offense. No. And they I, don't have Joni Mitchell on, and they should. Uh-huh. I mean, they the should've. closest they get to, like, a cool is when we get to that Blondie episode eventually, mm-hmm. you know? But I think Joni would have done a great job with the Muppets. All around, I just think her performances are a little sleepy for this show. A little? A little sleepy. Doug, you are being kind. I'm trying to be. You are being kind. I was thinking when I was watching this episode, I was like, well, I hope Doug and I have a lot of other things to talk about. Fill in the blanks. (laughs) All right. So let's get things started. Why don't we? Why don't you get things started? Cold open Scooter knocks on the door to let Anne Murray know that the curtain will rise in 15 seconds. As he skateboards around her dressing room, she asks if that's allowed. Is skateboarding allowed in the theater? Nope. Strictly forbidden. For some dumb reason, though I don't know why. I just remembered the reason. Mm-hmm. Scooter, I cannot stress again, scooter riding a skateboard is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I understand the semantics of how much easier it must be to represent him on a skateboard you don't have to show versus having hands on handlebars. But um, scooter should ride a fucking scooter. It's your namesake, dog. Get on one. Yeah. What are you doing? I... I he was confused. I actually thought he was on roller skates at first. I would have guessed I saw his blades. Elo- yeah, the- I saw his elbow pads. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh yeah, people because people don't typically wear pads on their elbows when they're skateboarding that Skateboarders I Skateboarders don't. Yeah. Right? Like skaters, like But rollerblade people and roller yes. skate people do, yeah. yeah. And dorks. Scooters are dork. <laughs> dorks. Scooter is a fucking dork. Scooter is a dork. Um, and even though last week he did the best sketch I've ever seen in my life. I know. I know. We got to, we have to knock him back down a couple pegs. We complimented him too much last week. Yeah. We need to remind him who's in charge. He's in the doghouse again. Megan. Especially at the end. I was like, throw Scooter back in the throw fucking from the train. garbage. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> that's your new, that's your, yeah. That's throw scooter from throw the train. Scooter from the train. So, um, I'm really stoked on this. <laughs> so fucking stoked. Introducing the opening number, Fozzie ruins Kermit's surprise for the audience that it involves motorcycles. Miss Piggy, Link Hogthrop, and the pigs perform I Get Around as a biker gang. I was like, chair icing on the cake is that it's the Beach Boys! The Beach Boys Boys being presented as like cool motorcycle dudes (laughs) is also hilarious to me, right? Because it's Link. I'm getting back. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I was. I thought this episode was going to be great because this of this. This is such a strong fucking. Start. This is actually whatever top ten we pit we do. Uh-huh. This is in it for me. Yes. I actually the other day made this the background of my Twitter. It's such a funny picture. Yeah, everything. About I it love this. It, and you know what? I loved. This is such a stupid thing, but I love when they perform a song, and I can get a better understanding for the lyrics. Because they're singing it a little bit yeah. clearer and in their voice. I was like, damn, your best gal. I, right? I loved this whole thing. How many? So this song yeah. will always remind me of one thing. And I want to ask you if you know what one thing will always remind me of. No, I don't know. The opening sequence of Look Who's Talking. 
When like the sperm is like wiggling around. Kirstie to find Alley. And, oh god, it always comes back to fucking Kirstie. And Alley. Roseanne. On this show. But in the second one. It always <laughs> I forgot Roseanne voices the little baby. It's movies. hilarious. So, those movies, I loved them so much. Yeah, I, was I like so them shocked too. The other day after I saw this, I was like, that wasn't that movie, right? So whatever. I, I don't remember those MTV. movies, but I liked them. I loved them as a child. Yeah, as a like, child. I watched them as a little kid on like a homemade VHS taped off of HBO or something. <laughs> and I remember like literally loving them so much. And then finding out just the other day that they're all rated PG-13. They're not in any way family movies. Oh, well, PG-13 is like older kids. But I thought that they were like, I thought by at least the third one, they were fully a family movie. Yeah. Because the third one is like the dogs talk to each other now. Instead, the kids are fully Oh my God, I remember that. And it's like one of the kids from Seventh Heaven plays the kid. Seventh Heaven. Plays Mikey, aged up now and everything. Aged up. (laughs) And I'm like, I could not believe that they weren't like just family movies. That they were rated PG-13. Like, that, it, it changes the whole thing for me. Like, who is this targeted at then? You know? It's like cigarettes. Like, for, <laughs> like they're not really for kids, but they are. They taste like candy. I will never forget in the second Look Who's Talking movie when Mikey uses the toilet and the toilet talks and everything. And it's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to eat your poopy or whatever. Yeah. It's so scary. <laughs> But so goofy. Yes. It has eyebrows. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird looking thing. All right. Sorry. I get around. This segment still rules. Love it to death. Um, Piggy right. has Kermit and uh, like a yes. little on her bike. I Yeah. It, uh, She's a babe and she did uh-huh. not care and she left them in the dust. With her like hat. I, everything is ridiculous. Everything about this, about this sketch I so loved. Yeah. I swear, P- Peggy, I mean, <laughs> Peggy, excuse me, Piggy is my icon from this sketch. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my God. This motorcycle mama, Piggy. I love her. I need a motorcycle Piggy stuffed animal to take with me on my motorcycle rides. <laughs> you should make a sticker. Like make a decal. I wish. would be pretty cool. <laughs> so backstage, Piggy tells Kermit that they should have done the number together as he'd been, had, as he'd be very attractive in leather and... <laughs> I like this, too. It was like she felt her, you know, womanliness, Mm -hmm. and she was picking him up. (laughs) Piggy agrees. I just love your eyes. They're like two ping pong balls floating in a pond of green algae. Scooter, skateboarding around backstage again, crashes into Piggy and carries her on stage. It was cool. As Kermit is introducing the next number. I liked how they, like, crashed into her visually. Mm -hmm. That was cool. It was pretty cool. And then it's all downhill uh, hill from here, folks. Yeah, so Anne sings Snowbird, but she's interrupted by a dodo near the end Ugh. who says that the snowy forest she's been singing in is going to be torn down to build apartment houses or condominium, condominiums. So, okay. This was funny to me from the standpoint of, like, they didn't seem bothered by the deforestation. They were like, oh, they're going to build condos. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. seem like... Well, that's a kind of a commentary. Oh, yeah. It seemed like, yeah, like they were just like, okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's so strange that like, I mean, we still, we watch this happen all the time around us. Exactly. In New Jersey. We live in central Jersey where. Another uh, reason they should have had Joni Mitchell on and they could have. Done Pay Paradise. Yes. Because <laughs> that is I'm essentially saying. the message they're sending there. 
That would have been so much better. And maybe they were supposed to get Joni, and then they couldn't get her anymore. And they were like, well, what other Canadian person? I like this theory that Joni Mitchell was intended to host, and now <sighs> Anne Murray has to fill the shoes. <laughs> as like a. No one can fill Joni's shoes. This song was very sleepy. The coat. Oh my god! I did like the birds in the distance in the background. They were really cool puppets. Oh yeah, I, I thought they were cool. Them. I thought the dodo the was dodo cool. The dodo was neat. I liked that. But he, he was um, annoying. Has, like a scarf on and shit. I liked the way that he was a puppet. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, he was. But cool. yeah, the song Hongshu is all I'm gonna say. I Hongshu. feel like did Angelina Jolie's husband, ex-husband, oh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Okay. <laughs> That's how I like to. Re- that's Heard how I like him. to refer to men. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, anyway, did he? Isn't there like a fam- like a picture? Oh, Fight Club. Him with the like fur coat. That's what it reminded me of. I think it is. Yeah. Again, and I'm bringing like, up Fight Club. He's like chugging a cigarette in the picture. Chugging a cigarette. <laughs> that's the only way he could put. It. He's remember, got that face. Like, wait. <laughs> do you remember like, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion where Janine Garofalo doesn't she invent that cigarette that like burns? Yes. You could smoke it yeah. in between class or something i was in target the other day and they had the soundtrack on vinyl and i was like oh man this movie's so funny the soundtrack better rule and i looked at it and it was like not there's nothing to like write home about it yeah. was fine the soundtrack but i was then explaining to my brother how like i had just seen that movie a few years ago <laughs> and it's so goddamn funny and like i can't and he was like really i'm like yes you have to like go home and like find that movie to watch yeah it's so funny so funny I love it. I need to rewatch it. I've watched it in a long time. Yeah, Janine Garofalo is ridiculous in that movie. I, I would honestly, like, if I was going to do a, a back-to-back movie night, I would watch Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion and then Barb and Star right after. Oh, they both hit, like, the same. I still haven't seen Barb and Star. I've heard nothing but good things. That it's, like, just Yeah, it's, like, it, I feel like I was giggling the way I giggle when I watch Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Uh-huh. Like, it's like that that's an underrated movie. It's so fucking funny and yeah. stupid. I want to see it. It sounds like Hulu or something. I have no excuse but to just sit down and watch it. So now backstage, Kermit slips on scooter skateboard and crashes through the set for the Mexican hat dance number. And I was excited because I was like, oh, this will be funny. We're going to see a Mexican hat dance number. Uh, yeah, the dancers think it's funny until Kermit says he has to cancel their number because the set's been ruined. I was like, it's not that bad. I know. Also, like... They don't need a set. Just go out there. Set. Just go do it. Scooter continuing, continually ruining things, though, is... Uh... Oh, my God. Since when are they so serious about sets? I, I don't know. That's stupid. Whatever. Fake conflict. Fake conflict. So next, in Muppet News Flash, the newsman reports that Muppet Labs has announced the invention of hair trigger exploding paper. Mm-hmm. He reads the message that was inscribed on the paper, and the script combusts into flames and disintegrates. I thought this was going to lead us into a Muppets Labs. I was really excited at first, because I don't feel like we've seen Muppet Labs in a little while. I thought it was going to be Muppet Labs, too, and I was like, okay, it's this like is the next beat. Weird sketch. Like- this episode felt so disjointed to me it felt like they didn't even bother to write an episode like it just keeps almost starting and then it has to back up 
You're right, because even the last sketch, like, oh, we're going to do a Mexican hat dance. And they don't do it. And then they don't do it because it gets ruined. No. So it's like they just and this not, is not really doing things. And, and, like, it's not, if they're intended to make this funny that nothing really happens in this episode, they yeah. didn't do it in, like, the Seinfeld type of a way. Uh-huh. We're like, nothing happening. It's a show yeah. about almost something. Yeah. It's not good. On Coosbane. Green Heap and Silverbeak smash each other up over trudging and streaking. Wonder, 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 wonder. I have coming to a compromise. In my notes, what the fuck is this filler sketch? And it's so long. And I stopped taking notes after this sketch. It just keeps I have to going. tell you. You just fully checked out I and said, I don't blame you. I said now this episode is not it. No. Don't watch. Watch the first sketch of Piggy. What? Four times. Just loop Five it. times. Loop and it. then that's it. Yeah. Because after that, the episode is over. Yeah. And now, Gonzo's not in this episode again. I, like, where what the, the fuck is up with that? Yeah. Gonzo's not in the episode. And then Zoot has like a full bit in a couple of But sketches. it wasn't even a bit. It was like, she would, he was forgetting his words. It's another one of those, like you're saying, like they're half doing things. I was like, so what? the hell is going on our in our uk spot milton miller and his farmyard philharmonic trio sing is this the old sow oh my Much god to the disgust of the audience and the biker pigs i did not like that they presented us one of the pigs that they use as pig performers as a member of like the barnyard community just fully naked i didn't like that that was weird <laughs> this is like a guy right it's not a pig that's a guy <laughs> Like, that's so funny dog this is not this is just a naked guy uh, and and then later one comes back with clothes on right yeah well it, i mean he was just presumably also in the biker sketch right like i don't know dog. this episode really has just to- fully fallen apart so what have you been doing with your life <laughs> um i watched all of this weird show on peacock that i can talk to you about called paul t goldman Paul T. Goldman. Paul T. Goldman. Okay, I want you to watch this show. It's on Hulu, you said? It's on Peacock. Peacock. It is a documentary series about a very Is it a real doc? person. It is a real doc. Okay, I'll watch it. About, but it is in the style of... Uh, okay, so Jason Wilner is the director and the creator of this docuseries. He, cre- he directed the second Borat movie. Okay. So I'm giving you a little bit of... And the second there. Borat movie was on Amazon Prime last okay, year. Okay, that's the one with the, the daughter. Yes. Okay, I know that one. I watched weird, it. It was good. It's bizarre that they were able to make a good sequel all of those years it was, later with a one-note character. Yeah, and it was know? as cringy. Yes. It was cringy. Yeah, I think it was almost better than the first one. Like, I would watch that one again sooner than I think the first one. I'm probably... So, no, I'm probably not going to watch it ever, <laughs> ever again. Would no. you ever watch um, Dynamite again? What is that movie? Don't what? Um, Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. No. No. <laughs> done it. Done it. Done it. Done I was on. like, I wouldn't watch that movie again. So Paul T. <laughs> Goldman is about this man in two in the early aughts. He married a woman that he met through like a um, like a mail order catalog kind oh. of thing, right? He married her and had a child with her. To be they so lucky. They then divorced, and he had a son with her. And he went on kind of a mission to find a new spouse to help complete his family so that his son didn't grow up without a mother fully present and everything, whatever. So 
he starts dating and he dates this woman that he meets online or something like that. And he ends up um, getting married to her. But she has a lot of stipulations for when they're married, which is only a couple times a week. Otherwise, she lives somewhere else in Florida away from him. Like, I think she lives away from him something like Saturday to, to Wednesday or something like that. So he only has a wife uh, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's it. It's it's very weird. So he then, he thinks he's being kind of scammed by her. And he goes into fully checking out if he is. Because she starts asking him to write her checks for her other kids for their for their medicine, for their insurance, whatever. But instead of saying Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, he sa- she asks that he write out checks to BCBS for two thousand dollars, for fifteen hundred dollars, for all these weird increments, and um, so he starts to get this feeling that he's being scammed. But there's also something very much off about him, and. He, I, I can't go into too much about it without spoiling right, what I'm, he does. So this this movie, I have to write this, this documentary. Down. It's called Paul T. Goldman. He he then went on to write a book about his experience being what he thought was scammed by this woman that he called Duplicity. He released it through Amazon through a self publishing thing on Amazon, and then after that, he started to write what he thought would be the more exciting sequels to these books. Where he dramatized things and he made these fake elaborate stories up. He seems really creepy just looking at him. And then, Megan. So then on top of that, he thinks his book, Duplicity, is so good that he wrote the screenplay version. So in this docuseries, you watch both Talking Head documentary style and the scripted version of his story that he wrote the script for that he wants to star as himself in alongside actual professional trained actors. The thing is so fucking weird. It changes what it is almost each episode. Like, it introduces a new component to this whole story where you're like, what? You know, like, each episode. It it just finaled a couple days ago. It's truly, truly bizarre. In 2012, he tweeted at Jason Wolner and said, my life is crazy and you should make a show about it. And Jason Wolner, I guess, his interest was piqued. He tweeted back at him or something. And the rest is, like, history. Part of the show is about pitching the show to networks, even. And, like, it, the whole thing is so strange. It's, like, six episodes. A half hour each. You, I will give you my login. It's bizarre. I, re- I have that. It's fucking I, bizarre. Your peacock comes in handy in my household. Because yeah. Ben watches American Pickers. It's so weird that that's on there. Yeah. Isn't that a History Channel thing? It's All the episodes are on Peacock. Why isn't that on Discovery? It's not. I got rid of Discovery because it wasn't. That's Only so old stupid. episodes, yeah. I don't understand why things are on things but on, not on other things. <laughs> like Paramount Plus doesn't have Yellowstone, even though that's a Paramount show. Mm-hmm. Peacock has Yellowstone. I've never watched it, but everyone talks so highly about it, you know? It's very strange what's not on Paramount mm-hmm. Plus also. Like, why isn't all of, like, everything for TV series? Like, they don't have all of Reno 911 on Paramount either. Or, like, a couple other things. Like, what the fuck? Everything is, like, scattershot. It's very strange. I don't know. You need All the back end, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's all that. Exactly. I don't know. Um, But you really should check out Paul T. Goldman. So fucking weird. So weird. I will watch an episode or two this week. I'm starting to paint my office, so I'll watch something in the background. What color are you painting it? 
I think a like a forest green. Forest green. But I'm not going to paint. I, I You'll see. It'll be a couple different colors, but I think it's going to be like a dark green. Cool. Like if you had to relate it to a Muppet, would it be like Oscar the Grouch green? Darker. Darker. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Let's get back to this episode. You ready? It's not the end of the episode? No. So Zoot <laughs> comes into Anne's dressing room looking for a, his saxophone, <laughs> even though he has a hard time remembering, much less his own name. The rest of the Electric Mayhem join, and they sing the song Walk Right Back. Zoot finally remembers his name by the end of the number. What is Walk Right Back? Is this a... Walk Right Back! <laughs> That's that how guess? the song goes. Is, is it? No. That's a Sonny Curtis song from 1960. I have no idea what that song is. I'm very unfamiliar with it. It was originally recorded by the Everly Brothers in 1961 and was also a top 10 country hit for Anne Murray in 78. Oh, that's cool. But see, like I said, Anne Murray kind of sings kind of everybody's songs. She does like yeah. these, you know, it's weird. I feel like I can remember her singing like Top of the World by the Carpenters. Why aren't the Carpenters on the Muppets? Why aren't Megan? the Carpenters on the Muppets? Why aren't the Carpenters on the Muppets? Why aren't the Carpenters on the Muppets? This sucks. It now does. I'm just mad at all the folks who don't end up getting yeah. to host the Muppets, but Anne Murray does. And uh, they said people were like knocking out the door. They should have like just said like, "Look, we're not." It's, it's sorry, Anne. I wonder if Canada was like, "We'll air the show, but you have to put a Canadian on it." Probably because you know how Canada is about themselves. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. And I, w- I wonder if it was easier to travel from Canada to the UK back then because it was like. Yeah, I mean maybe? it's Commonwealth and all that. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. We have we can ask someone. We can right? like go back in time. <laughs> so next backstage, Kermit notes that the performances from the earlier Kuzbanian number are still hanging around. Oh my god! <sighs> Burgard tells him they want the Muppet Show to provide them transportation. Kermit tries to explain to them that they never do that, but when they attack him, he summons Scooter on his skateboard to take them out. Wearing mm-hmm. a green chauffeur's uniform, Scooter follows them down the stairs to reception, falling on his way and knocking them out the stage door. I love how Kermit's like, oh, I'll solve this problem. I'll literally throw them out. Yeah. Like, cool. Thanks, Kermit. I, I mean. I don't blame him, but like. I don't blame him. I wouldn't want Scooter on a skateboard coming towards me. And too bad Scooter like came back. Wait. Next, Beauregard sings Dancing on the Ceiling. I don't remember this. I wonder if this was... I don't remember this either. Let me look through the notes. Ah! Disney Plus edits Dancing on the Ceiling was cut from Disney Plus. Why? I don't know. Dancing on the Ceiling while... So, Beauregard sings Dancing on the Ceiling while laying in bed and playing harmonica. As he sings, a ceiling ghost literally dances on his ceiling. That sounds good! the a hole through the ceiling... The Jerry and the Atrix guitarist pops her head through from upstairs and yells at them for previously warning not to dance on the ceiling. This fucking sucks. We were robbed a Jerry and the Atrix. I wonder if we can find that clip online. That's crazy. That sounds like the best sketch of the night besides the piggy one. That would have helped the episode. To have that strong sketch open and then have this one towards the middle end. Oh my god. And she just popped her head through. That's hilarious. Hilarious! What the hell, Disney Plus? I don't get it. In Muppet Sports, Lewis Kaziger reports from Glasgow, Scotland, where oh Angus my McGregor God. attempts to Is break this the, the UK world spot? record for bagpipe eating. No. 
This is terrible. To McGregor's distress, when he begins to eat the bagpipe, he discovers it isn't dead yet. I, I hated After this. After some struggle, the bagpipe begins shooting from its pipes, chasing Kaziger off stage. No. Then backstage, Scooter cons Kermit into doing some skateboard tricks on stage because his uncle is in audience tonight, but can't be next week because he's talking to his accountant about the potential rent increase. Always threats with this motherfucker. Always threats. He goes back in the trash. Yeah. Back in the Go trash. Go out the door. You, you, you rode your skateboard down those little stairs. Shut the door behind you. My uncle, who's in the audience tonight, and uh-huh. he won't be in the audience tomorrow, really yeah. wants to see me do skateboard tricks. He's, he's no, he doesn't. Increasing our rent. No, he doesn't. No. You lying sack of balls. You're lying sack of balls. <laughs> Fill this cup. <laughs> We need to make t-shirts with says, Gonzo holding an cup. empty cup. And it just says, fill this cup. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I So, um, did you listen to this week's episode of Double Threat Pod with Julie Klausner and Tom Sharpling? I think I did, yeah. In the episode, they have their, their engineer, Brett. Their engineer, Brett, takes it upon himself to write an episode using an AI and I'm like, it would be so funny to put our show through an AI. Oh my god, I would love and that. And have us come up with a script for an episode. Yeah. I wonder what it takes to do that. It's I, easy. I could do it. I would love for us to do that. I, yeah. And have us just chat like, G, uh, GPT constantly. That we have to be like, how about that Gonzo? Yeah. You know, like I think that'd be really funny. That would we, be really funny, especially if there's like a, you know, I don't want to call it a dud, but like a dud coming up. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun. A dud, an Uncle Dudley. Where's that dude, Uncle Dudley? Yeah, I don't know. Him and Wayne and their homoerotic yeah, maybe sketches. Maybe him and Wayne are just, yeah, maybe yeah. They, they But I would like to see out. them. Yeah. They, I mean, this episode, these sketches, the sketches aren't even good. No. It's like they weren't trying Mm-mm. to write this episode. No, it stinks. It just fully stinks. And they could have done something like they did last week. Yeah. Last week, there was reinvention and everything. And you know what's also exciting is at least at least we're ramping up for that clip that I'm really excited to do. Where we do Star Wars and Wonder Woman oh, and yeah. Superman. You know, like maybe yeah. maybe there's just a little bit of fatigue running right now. Well, I'm tired and after we'll- watching this episode. Jeez. I was really disappointed. I have to be honest because the the piggy sketch in the beginning was so good. Uh-huh. And then now learning about this Disney sketch that, that was we cut. lost. Yeah. Ugh, terrible show. So for the closing number, Anne sings Everything Old is New Again, while Scooter, Fozzie, New Zealand, some pigs from the biker gang... And Zoot, and some whatnots, skate around on skateboards. This was not good. I mean, even with all those cool characters. This song, again, doesn't do it for me. Me neither. It needed to end. I was glad this episode was over. (sighs) I was, once Kermit was like, we're wrapping up now, and I was like, thank God. Uh Yeah, I I, I agree. I think this episode has has seen its time. Damn. Observing the axiom, if you can't beat them, join them, Kermit enters the stage on a skateboard to thank Anne for being her, their guest. Anne pats him on the back and pushes him into the orchestra pit, where his head gets stuck in a French horn. As credits roll, skateboarding Muppets, including the Dodo, Bunsen Honeydew, Janice, upside down, twirling her legs. Oh, Honeydew was there? Angus McGregor and the Biker Pigs. Why didn't they have a Honeydew sketch? I don't know. I don't know. This episode is fully... It's just bad. This might be one of the worst ones we watched. 
in a while. But like, just put the old sketches in. And put it, a veterinarian's hospital. There put are a, these tried and true things that they could have done. You're right. Do the bear cop. Right. Do any of them. You're absolutely right. They didn't. They did world sports or whatever that sports mm-hmm. Muppet sports. They did the newscaster, and that's quick. Well, I don't know, Megan. At least we can say we got through it. All right? And we got one more episode until Star Wars. Next week, we're watching the Jonathan Winters episode of The Muppet Show. Oh, he sounds familiar. Jonathan Winters is convinced that a gypsy has put a curse on the show. (laughs) And while Kermit scoffs... It already sounds better than this last episode, so... (laughs) And while Kermit scoffs at the idea, he does notice that everything is going wrong. Good. A few acts have have to be canceled. But Kermit refuses to believe that there's a curse until a meteorite falls on his flipper. In the final stage of the curse, everyone begins to speak in mock Swedish. Okay. This is a fucking weird one. Well, it sounds better than this last episode. It does sound better. I'm excited for this. You're spoiling. You're spoiling. I know I can't skip too far. Let's see really quick. Who is Jonathan Winters? He was an American comedian and actor who had a long honored career in comedy, including a co-starring with Robin Williams, who considered him a major inspiration for his own hailed career on the sitcom Mork and Mindy. He was Mm. on Mork and Mindy. Okay. Mork and Mindy. So join us next week as we watch the Jonathan Winters episode of The Muppet Show. You can follow us online at ITTWTM. Message us. And, um, you know, basically until next week. Thanks for the gumball, Anne-Murray. I guess. With a question mark. Thanks for the gumball, Anne-Marie. I mean, this episode is not bad.